The Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one, Toronto City Councillor and Budget Chief Shelley Carroll, Amanda Galbraith, Principal at Navigator, host of Free for All Fridays. Robert Turner is here, News Talk 1010 personality. And actually, Robert, let's start because we've got a particularly politically oriented panel here with something you were just sharing with me, which is uh, Yasser, uh, it's um, Nader Smith and Yasser Navki, if I'm getting Navki, the name. Yep. Uh, yeah. They're having a joint press conference today, so I think we can connect a few dots. Joint leadership announcement with Ontario Liberal Leadership candidates is what the media availability notice says. Okay, so I don't know if they're moving. Maybe in they're going to join uh, together and yeah. they're going to be mutual like, candidates, like Voltron. They're going to form a giant candidate, or are they is one <laughs> supporting the other? Are they getting out of the race and saying, "Bonnie, it's all you." I don't know. Okay, well, Shelley, you ran for the Liberals at one point, um, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you're supporting any individual candidate in this race, but this would be an interesting development. Well, it, it might be neither here nor there. When 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 two are are uh, scheduled to meet, it it unless they're doing something very unconventional, it sounds very much like one is going to uh, uh, drop out and and lend their support to the other candidate. That makes sense. Yeah, as opposed to a mutual suicide pact. Okay, so and you know, leadership yeah. races are the only place I think that that ever matters anymore. Wait, because they they really are built on committed memberships and tracking people and and sort of we're we're net we've all promised to vote as a block so that's the the one place left in politics where you really could say i now take my votes and hand them to you yeah i guess what we're seeing here uh you know amanda is almost a slow motion convention yeah I, i mean it's it's you know basically at some point one of the candidates will take a look and say there's no path to victory here so Either I align myself with X, Y, or Z, and there's usually deals that go on behind the scenes about, like, if you win, this is a position you get in cabinet or as a critic. Um, you know, this is where my supporters go, all that kind of stuff. So they'll cut, they'll cut those kind of deals. Um, and then, I mean, sometimes it's also I should say this. Sometimes it's also about personal conviction and who you think is a better leader. So maybe it's that too. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty typical that that as you get along, if you don't have the support. Um, or you can't, you don't, can't raise the money that people yeah. will, will sort of back out. Well, and if I was a betting man, I'd bet it's Nader Smith who's getting out because I have been told by insiders that Yester Nakvi actually has a really good ground game. So he, you know, he may be the guy who can unseat Bonnie Crombie. All right, enough inside politics. Let's move forward. Uh, Toronto approving a pretty ambitious housing plan. So let's start with one of the people who was uh, voting yesterday, and that would be Shelley Carroll. Shelley Carroll, my ongoing concern about this whole thing is it's a lovely idea, but where's the money? Well, exactly. Um, but that's why we were looking at very different things. You know, all the, the whole of this starts at the top of the pyramid. Our commitment to the province and every Ontario municipality, municipality now has a housing commitment to the province. Our share of, uh, of Premier Ford's goal is 285,000 houses. And what we want is 220,000 of those are just new housing supplies. 65,000 should be rent controlled units in, in some form of affordability or other. And, uh, and and what we're now looking at, because we're in a difficult economy in which 
private uh, sector developers are slowing down coming and picking up their building permits and so uh, these are very hard uh, uh, targets to meet um, this proposal looks at us being a public builder getting some of this uh, started on our own and what that means is we may have to uh, use financing vehicles and Ontario setting up an infrastructure bank the, the Canadian government already has one if we were able to use those financing vehicles as uh, as as vehicles to build housing not just transit it means that what we could do is we get the project started so we're building a project that has both affordable and market units but we make the profit on the market units and use it to pay back the loan that way we can start now even though for the private sector this seems like a, a difficult economy okay but amanda galbraith uh, you know i'll have to go to the boardroom the prep room to find out exactly what he's thinking but i'm pretty sure that jerry Igar is gearing up for a 1005 monologue about how government should not be involved as a developer yeah and, and i would I, I say this respectfully to the mayor and, and Councillor Carroll, I would agree. I think um, we've had ample evidence that um, the city of Toronto in particular, but governments broadly, I think are not uh, good at this stuff. <laughs> I think they're certainly not better Except at it. all of Europe. Uh, <laughs> That's how housing yeah. is oh, built in Europe. Sure it is. Um, but I don't think like, you know, like I've been around TCHC, it's, it's a hot mess. And um, I just don't, I don't have any confidence and like I'd be happy. I honestly, I'd be thrilled if, if I was proven wrong, like absolutely thrilled. Um, but you know, there's no proof that there's any funding for this right now. I mean, yes, the Ontario infrastructure bank has just been announced. It's, it's quite nascent. Um, and I don't think that's going to get housing built in the next couple of years. To me, it's like, we can say, yeah, Shelly's absolutely right that the market conditions to build housing, like builders are slowing down. Um, so, we can look at the government. What we can do is we can improve market conditions um, or we can do it ourselves. And I just, I don't have a ton of confidence the city's going to be any good at this. Um, but again, like I'd be, I'd be thrilled to be proven wrong and for us to have more affordable housing available. All right. Robert Turner, Shelley Carroll says this is how they do it in Europe. But to quote the kids in the hall, in Europe, you only have one spoon. <laughs> okay. I'll Google, I'll Google that later and see if I can figure out what it means. Um, look, I, it's an announcement. Like, we're, we're backing a plan that's not funded. Um, the city doesn't have a great track record with housing with TCHC, as Amanda pointed out. So I don't know. I mean, this seems like, you know, on, on January 1st, a lot of people are going to commit to doing things in the year. And usually they're off by, you know, the 7th of January. The New Year's resolution doesn't count. So maybe this will be the time. And the city goes to the gym every week and really does lose that weight. But I just, I don't, I don't see see it happening. <laughs> okay, listen, Shelly, I'm going to give you right a reply, but I also hope you consult in. I know you were listening to our conversation about commercial real estate, and that's uh, kind of a focus for you. Yeah, very, and a very interesting conversation because um, we're talking about the, the hollowing out of, of downtown real estate in, in your conversation earlier. And a lot of people say, okay, empty offices just converted to housing. And, and as you've already covered, it's very difficult to do. But, you know, um, uh, real estate uh, developers in the private sector thought, oh, is this an option for us? Um, and they've already done the digital analysis. And what they realized is because of that that problem of the office building footprint being uh, uh, too wide, uh, there are probably maybe only 10 or 12 buildings in the whole of the downtown core that lend themselves to conversion to housing. But if that's the case, then wh what should your attitude be? Shouldn't it be Oh, where are those 10 buildings? Let's have a look. That's how urgent the housing crisis is. But for those that don't lend themselves to housing, the city's already moving on 
okay, well then our incentives that are to, to to attract foreign direct investment and we'll we'll give you a break on your taxes if you build a new building. What if those became, we want to talk to you, we'll incentivize you bringing your business to Toronto if you'll fill these 12 floors of the CIBC building, for, for an example. Um, maybe we, we tailor incentives so that we're still attracti- attracting business, still doing everything we can to concierge startups to, to grow and, and and fill up more of the downtown, but we tailor it to making sure that the great A-class office space buildings we have are filled, and the one or two that do lend themselves to housing, we seriously need to look at it. Um, let's move on to what I consider to be talk radio gold, but Etobicoke's coat of arms apparently is insensitive to Indigenous people and it is set to be removed. Amanda Galbraith, I'll start with you. You're all about image and branding. And when I look at this, it's not overtly racist, but there is that sort of themery where, you know, Indigenous people are kind of secondary and they're supposed to be grateful for the arrival of the settlers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was thinking of a remark off air that I cannot repeat, but was amazing. Uh, anyway, um, uh, yeah, I think, listen, I'm, I'm kind of one that prefers to contextualize history as opposed to erase it. Uh, that being said, I think sometimes we just need to recognize that some imagery, like things just, some things don't age well, like, you know, from like bad coats of arms and whatever to really terrible haircuts. And I just think that um, we can fight it or we can recognize it and I think work together to have a better representation of Indigenous people, what they've contributed um, to, you know, the country and, um, and and call it there. I just don't think this fight frankly is worth it um if the community says this is hurtful and and stereotypical then you know let's work together to have a better representation of the indigenous history in etobicoke that um that makes sense for everybody and robert turner this is probably the first time anybody's even looked at the coat of arms for etobicoke so i don't think it's that essential to our existence well no and it's been around since 1977 (laughs) i know it's not like it's you know (laughs) so it's the same age as star wars okay well i mean we can we can update it guys not a big deal nerf um you could do some you know i like i don't I don't care enough that I would be like championing the change because I don't think it's that. But if this is a thing somebody wants to do, as long as it doesn't cost a lot of money, I can't believe they're debating it. <laughs> like, just seriously, you have a contest, find a new coat of arms, or maybe don't have one, right? Just put up a sign yeah. that says Etobicoke. Okay. How 72 much? point Helvetica. Just type it up there, stick it up there. There you go. Uh, Shelly Carroll, how much oxygen did this consume yesterday on council? Well, we, this is to be considered at lunchtime. It, the, uh, the staff's intention was not to debate it at all. But Councillor Holiday has now moved a motion. But what he's going to hear uh, from councillor after councillor is this is the very essence of reconciliation. If you if you really care, if you really think that that uh, uh, that all of our uh, first peoples are the community, this part of the community is hurting. And if you're committed to reconciliation, it's not a matter of reviewing and debating amongst the broader community, the community it hurts has now made it clear it hurts them uh, through uh, Chief LaForme of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And so you got to be committed to addressing that, and you easily can. What staff had hoped to do is just quietly deal with this and, uh, and, and take it down. It's only the motion that is bringing it to the floor of council. 
All right, maybe I'll pop on over to watch. Uh, listen, there's uh, not really enough time for something as uh, meaty as this, but Robert Turner, your thoughts on Rosie DeMano's column, which kind of dovetails with the increase in the size of the hate crime unit on Toronto Police Service and increase in security for MPs. It's just about how tense and angry people are these days in our city and, uh, and, and in the world. Well, that, at least that's how it feels. Uh, you know, it's, it's strange because groups that are normally concerned with so-called racist dog whistles seem to be ignoring the air raid siren of anti-Semitism in some places and I don't get it um, but I think you know it's going to just take it's I mean the police are on it um, and you've got people trying to say trying to define you know what specific things mean and like that's going to have to be up to a court if it's based on what's a hate crime law and that's going to be complicated. Yeah, you're right. And one of the things that uh, Rosie writes about is whether or not uh, from the river to the sea is something that is anti-Semitic and something that is racist. And I guess that you're right. Open for debate. Thank you all. Good to have you this morning. Amanda Galbraith, Robert Turner, Shelley Carroll. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.